Our scripture today comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 31. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. We continue with the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 17. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of these words. Amen. There's a light in the darkness Though the night is black as my skin There's a light burning bright Showing me the way But I know There's a cry in the distance It's a voice that comes from deep within There's a cry asking why I pray the answer's up ahead yeah. Cause I know where I Struggle that we have yet to win. 
Precious and loving God, be with us in this time of conversation. Mold these words that they be ones that point to the glory of your presence, even when we're waiting to hear about that presence. Be with us today, God. In your precious loving name, I pray. Amen. I would like to read to you the words of President Abraham Lincoln that were shared on January the 1st, 1863, in his Emancipation Proclamation. And this is the day in which it became official. I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforth shall be free and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and the naval authorities, therefore, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. A statement, an excerpt of a conversation held by President Lincoln, January 1st, 1863. In some areas of our country, that was immediately heard, and that freedom began to develop quite quickly. Doors opened. Opportunities were shared. Tomorrow is June 19th, and it is the day that we celebrate as Juneteenth. It became a federal holiday as Jubilee Day on June 17th, 2021. But we celebrate Juneteenth and this conversation we talk about, these words that I share with you again, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforth shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities, therefore will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. An opportunity of newness and new opportunity, unless that you live in Galveston, Texas. These words, once again, January 1st, 1863, took almost two years to get to Galveston, Texas. It would not be until June 19th, 1865, almost two and a half years later, 
that the Emancipation Proclamation was issued. And two months after the Civil War ended, that those enslaved in Galveston, Texas, were released from slavery. Two and a half years. Two months after a war completely has stopped. And these words shared two and a half years later finally, finally reached after 2,000 Union troops led by Major General Gordon Granger arrived to Galveston to announce that the Civil War was over and that the 250,000 enslaved people in Texas were officially free. June 14th is a very important day. It becomes, for me, the Caucasian man trying to find a way to talk about the reality of what happened. And I work in that. But here's what happened. And we still exist within this. And although that 250,000 enslaved people in Texas were officially set free, even though two months earlier the Civil War ended, even though two and a half years earlier President Abraham Lincoln made this order, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforth shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and the naval authorities, therefore will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. It took all that time to get to these dear friends who had freedom two and a half years earlier, but there were oppressive voices that limited them from hearing it and limited them from experiencing it. We still deal with the repercussions. There's still racial injustice that exists. There are still oppressive voices that exist even within our denominational practices that limit the abilities for individuals to hear what they need to hear, that limit the words that individuals need to receive to reach to them, that limit the possibilities for individuals to live within the wholeness of their identities and experience and celebrate the reality of freedom. We all know, we all went through history classes. We still exist within places of racial injustice. We know that on June 19th, 1865, everything didn't immediately get better. We know 
that we still journeyed and still journey with levels of segregation. We still know that we still journeyed and we still journey with cultural indifferences and cultural injustices that individuals are still fighting and screaming for their place at the table, for them to fully experience the freedom that was expressed in the words of Abraham Lincoln. We do it in all levels of life, including our faith practices. We begin to create ideals that we share that others should live up to. We began to create boxes that we put other dear friends in and we create new forms of oppressive division that limit individuals from finding the full freedom the full freedom of being able to have opportunities within our culture and yeah fully having opportunities within our denominational practices. I want us to think about the journeys that we've been on, and I want us to think about the places. There's a reason you're listening to me sit in my living room right now. You have found some form of freedom in your life that you want to celebrate that you want to hear what I have to say you see that this video is from a church and you want to hear the words of Jesus Christ so that you can celebrate your understanding of freedom in your life I want you to think about your moment that you experienced that freedom for the first time for me I remember it very well. I remember it when it became my whole identity. Within our Wesleyan practice of United Methodists, we believe in the provenient grace of Jesus Christ that's always there, that's always hovering around us. It is with us from the beginning of our existence. Even though that we can't name it, proclaim it, we don't know what to do with it. It doesn't make it there or not. It's there. Also within our Wesleyan practice, we understand this concept of justifying grace. And now this this concept of justifying grace is the moment that we realize that freedom is sitting there with us and we're able to attain it and live with it and grow with it and thrive through it. I want us to think about those moments. The moment that exists in my life that I think about my moment that I got to celebrate the reality that I, I knew that I have freedom in Jesus Christ was when I was a very young man, 14, 15 years old, and I walked down the aisle and I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. 
And that, that didn't put Jesus Christ in my life in that moment, but it made my connection to Jesus Christ vibrant because I knew that something was there and it was finally mine and it was finally something that I could hold on to. I want us to think about the necessity of celebrating Juneteenth because within all of our lives, we have these moments of provenient grace. The freedom is there. But it, there's this journey of either the information getting to us or our willingness to receive the information and believe it and obtain it. There's this journey that sits there and there are things that happen that either hinder us from receiving it or it hinders us from hearing it. I can only think of the oppressive control that happened between January 1st, 1863 and June 19th, 1865. I can only think of the obsessive control, oppressive control that happened that made it so hard for these dear friends in Galveston, Texas to receive the freedom of this information. And I get to say it's oppressive control because of the mere fact that Major General Gordon Granger had to arrive with 2,000 Union troops to make sure that the two 150,000 enslaved people in Texas were officially set free. There was an oppressive element taking place that stopped that information from getting to them, excuse me, that stopped that information from getting to them and held on to that oppressive until that the Union troops had to arrive force the freedom. I want us to think about if we have looked for and desired freedom, but we found out that because of oppressive elements, we were not able to hear the message that we've been waiting for. What are the oppressive elements that still exist? Because I've already shared and we know it. Racial injustice is not done. Injustice of even of any form is not finished. On June 19th, 1865, Major General Gordon Granger didn't ride into town and oppression disappeared. That did not happen. That did not happen. We don't have Dr. King if that happened. We don't need Dr. King if that happened. We don't need all of the great, great people that have fought and fought and fought and fought even after that day to get the information of freedom to the people who needed it. And we would not have needed all of the people that have fought and fought and fought since June 19th, 1865, so that people could experience and live vibrantly in the freedom that exists in their lives. I think of all the people that we have 
built oppressive barriers against so that they cannot hear the message of freedom. And we do that by maintaining power. I'm going to butcher this because this quote just came to my mind. This is a quote within the existence of my realm is accredited to Jimi Hendrix, but I'm sure that others have said this in other ways and in other words. But within my realm and my receiving of this quote, Jimmy shared it. And it, the phrase is, until that we live in a world that the love of power is overcome by the love of love, we will never be free. Let me try to phrase that in a different way. Until we live in a world that we set aside the love of power so that people can live vibrantly within the love of love, no one is ever truly free. I think about the two and a half years between Abraham Lincoln sharing this phrase and General Granger riding in the Galveston. Two and a half years of the love of power restricting individuals from the freedom that was theirs. We st still happens. And it still happens within our faith environments. We have cultural, ethnic exclusion that we have to deal with. We have gender exclusion that we have to deal with. We have situations of sexuality, exclusionary practices against sexuality that we have to deal with. Because just like the two and a half year journey of freedom that it took to get to Galveston, Texas, the more that we don't deal with the reality of these injustices, we have communities upon communities upon communities of friends who don't trust the message of freedom, who don't trust the message of freedom. They see our communities as the people who have the love of power and we may be sitting there and we may be telling them that they're welcome in our communities until that they come in and we force them into the box structures of our comfort instead of really working with and talking with these dear marginalized friends who need to truly experience the freedom of being loved. I wonder, I wonder who are the major General Grangers in our lives that need to ride into our hearts so that we can fully open the doors to make this message attainable. 
I wonder who are the individuals that need to step in and have the conversations with us so that we can open our doors and open our hearts and open opportunities for individuals who are longing to hear the message of freedom. But one, they don't know if they can trust the message because of the way that we have displayed it. And two, they're just not allowed to hear it because we don't share it. Now, I utter the words, God is love every week, and it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to show it. And over the last few weeks, it has been my blessing to be able to intentionally take time to show it. It was my blessing to go and to be a part of the Oceanside Pride by the Beach gathering. And being a collection of faith-based voices that weren't the ones saying who God hates, but being the ones displaying what it means to turn over love to individuals who need to receive it. And I, I look at all of the imbalanced places you know, all of the imbalanced decisions, all of the marginalized, oppressed, dear friends, whether it be by ethnicity, gender, or who we say, proclaim that we love, that are pushed aside because they don't fit in the box. And we have found new levels of oppression and not new levels of celebrating freedom that exists for one and all. I want us to think about that. Because the message of Christ's love isn't received by everyone because, one, they may not know it's real because we haven't let them receive the message. And two, they may not know it's real because we haven't shown it to them. This two-and-a-half-year journey between January 1st, 1863 and June 19th, 1865 still exists today all the way to 2023. There's dear friends who need to hear the reality that they're free. We need to not just teach it, we need to show it. We need to raise our voices together and let there be a light in the window that brings hope and newness. I don't have a voice in this conversation other than being a person that wants to try to help. I haven't had this journey. I could keep my mouth shut and have the world go my way. But I need to use my voice. I need to shout at the mountaintops so that other people can hear it. Maybe I need to be the Major General Gordon Granger, and I need to ride into the Galvestons of our lives. I feel like I do that. I'm doing it now, I hope. I hope I did it on June 3rd at Pride by the Beach. I hope I do it on uh, July 15th at San Diego Pride. 
I hope when I do it, the times that I've set at the Oceanside School Board meetings, I hope that I've done it in the times that I sat down with anyone that needs to be listened to and I shut my mouth and open my ears. I hope that I do it. But we all need to work together and try. Because you think that two and a half years is too long to wait to hear about freedom. I wish that I could do the math in my head real quick. It's 2023, 168 years, 168 years, if I'm wrong, Forgive me. Too long. Too long. Too long. We need to be the voices that help people know that they have freedom. And we need to be the active hands and feet that display it. Thank you for listening to this conversation. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May, be, may the reality of freedom be with you. And may we be the ones that become the loudspeakers and not the oppressors that make that message louder and heard. Amen. The words of our benediction today comes from Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.